I think it's time uh, that you realize that there is no self. <laughs> uh, to really uh, realize there is no me. Uh, and uh, to really do it, not just as the parrot. Not just as a Facebook slogan, <laughs> but really to look. Not as a belief because someone else tells you or uh, you have intellectually understood that there's no self, but really to look yourself. It does not help that other people tell you there's no self or that you know that there is no self. To just look into your experience, look yourself, and to see it yourself, there is no self. There is no me. It's, it's uh, as much an illusion than saying there's a pink elephant in this room. So how do you check that there is no pink elephant in this room? You look. <laughs> so you see that there is an image, a mental image of a pink elephant, an idea, but it's not real. It does not exist. And in a strange way, many people miss that point that mindfulness practice, meditation practice, yoga practice is about realizing there is no self. Yoga is about realizing there is nobody doing the yoga. It's not about becoming a puffed-up yoga teacher or I'm this mindfulness practitioner and I'm getting better at mindfulness, I'm getting more focused, I'm becoming more present in the present moment <coughs> and it's just the story. It's maybe a bit more holy story than the story of I'm the successful businessman working on these <laughs> projects and making a lot of money. It's a story. So it's really time to, to, to get done with this. It's not difficult. There's nothing, you, know, you don't need to study philosophy or brain science for a few years to to just see it yourself. It's simple. And it's done in a moment. It's done in the moment where you see it. Of course, you need to look. So why would you want to look? 
you know so why would why why wouldn't why would you want to look because believing that there is a separate self is the root cause for all your stress the, the belief that there's something to defend here that there's something to uh, to 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 make there's something here which you need to make your which you need to make happy there's something here someone the center of the universe from your perspective which uh, needs to be successful which needs to be productive which needs to be right which needs to get somewhere in life so we are struggling since beginning this time from the Buddhist point of view, but just stay with this with this life right now. We're struggling to defend this thing and make this thing happy, which does not exist. It's a hope, hopeless project because you're trying to defend something or you try to make something happy, which does not exist. which is a, a story, a concept. So now when you see that, you don't need to be afraid. Your journey is not finished then. You still have lots of things to heal and to, so because the, the energies and the contractions in your body, they will not just suddenly dissolve. But it's just such a relief. It's like putting down this burden. Just putting down the burden of the me. Not through getting rid of the ego or overcoming the ego that's bullshit there is there, there was never something to overcome there to get rid of it does not exist <coughs> so i encourage you to make that really the focus of your practice whatever your practice is or at least part of it so you can still you know practice yoga to be more beautiful, <laughs> to be more flexible. <laughs> but the question is, who is practicing the yoga? And then you look, why are you practicing the yoga? Why do you do your meditation? Who is watching the breath? It's a little story, and, and then we are going to do it uh, so tonight, so, so that we are done with this. <laughs> so next time I can talk about compassion and stuff like this. So what comes, what comes then? So what comes then? What are you doing with a life where there is no one in control?
there's a there's a story about this. Uh, I I have told that before. So, but it's it's really like a a, a good uh, a good meditation. This story. It's a story about Deepama, who is uh, who was a. Uh, a Burmese meditation teacher. She was uh, she was trained in Burmese and then lived in Calcutta, and she was teaching meditation. She was she she looked through this, so she was she awakened, and she was uh, she was really acknowledged in in the Theravada tradition as an awakened teacher. And uh, so, in the eighties, uh, uh, some Westerners came. Uh, to to her apartment in Calcutta and became her students, Sharon Salzberg and Joseph Goldstein, Jack Cornfield. So she is one of the the main teachers of these uh, really mm, these days uh, influential meditation teachers. And uh, so they invited her to uh, to America in the eighties and. Uh, so she came to New York, uh, and she she has has she had never been in the West before, never flew. She was really this simple Indian housewife with a daughter and her grandson, and they lived in this little apartment. And uh, and her students were uh, Indian housewives. So there's a lot of uh, unknown, hidden liberated Indian housewives mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who just do their job, but there's nobody doing it. So uh, Deepa Ma came to New York and uh, Sharon Salzberg uh, was showing her around, showing off, you know, supermarkets and so our accomplishments in the West. You know. <coughs> So, and then she brought her to what was then one of the first automatic teller machines in New York. So they went there to the Bankomat, and Sharon Salzberg puts the card in, types the number, takes the money out. And while she's doing it, the Bama is standing there looking at this and saying, oh, this is so sad. This is so sad. And then Sharon Salzberg says, what is so sad? And Deepama says, this poor person, which is sitting there inside of the machine, without air, without light, <laughs> taking your card and handing out the money. And Sharon Salzberg says, no, no, there is no person behind this. There is only this process happened. And then Deepama says, ah, this is exactly what the Buddha meant with anatta, selflessness. So, there is a process happening right now. Hearing is happening, thoughts are happening, feelings are happening, sight is happening, but there is nobody behind it. If you take it apart, you know, so that's what you do in mindfulness practice. 
you take the machine apart, the automatic teller machine, I need to liberate this person. Oh, this poor person, I need to liberate this person. So you start to screw. You, you, you take the machine apart. Thoughts, sensations, feelings, body parts, memories, worries. So you take the machine apart. And it's, that's what you do through, through insight meditation. So you look into the process. And you look, and you look, and you look, and then you realize there was n n nobody to be liberated here. So nobody ever gets liberated. And nobody ever gets enlightened. You don't get anywhere through your spiritual practice. And, and that's what, you know, to have a sense that you get somewhere with, through your spiritual practice. That's what Trungpa Rinpoche calls spiritual materialism. <laughs> it's just solidifying the sense of me being on a spiritual path and getting somewhere. And then being part of a club and feeling more special and and you you don't get closer at all to the inside there's nobody behind the process and um a part of your structure, what you maybe call, could call the, your ego structure, yeah, will take anything to solidify the story of me, me being on a spiritual path, me practicing yoga, me getting somewhere, me becoming more focused and more peaceful and more happy, and with that more successful. And it's just a story. So that's, uh, you know, that could be uh, one of the, you know, traps we fall into in meditation and mindfulness practice, how it is taught most of the time. But also in psychotherapy. I, I really, I'm a fan of psychotherapy, as my, some of you know, and I see it really as an important aspect of our growth. But the, the danger is that through so this kind of work, inner work, we just solidify for the sense of me having this trauma, you know, the, the real me having the real trauma, which you, yeah. So you just, you just solidify the story. And you're surrounded by people, by therapists and by friends, you know, who, who, who help each other to solidify the story of me. So this story is really, I, I mean, if you if you kind of get the if you if you get the taste of that story, you know, believing 
Nudipa Ma believing there is a person to be liberated behind the process. There is a process. So right now, in the beginning, when you when you start to look through this nightmare, it's maybe helpful to still say say okay, there is a there is a body, and there is feelings, and there is really sensations. So let's let's stay with that for now. So there is a machine, there is a process, it's raining. The rain happens, but nobody is doing it. So thoughts are happening, sensations are happening, hearing is happening. But it's happening to nobody. Do you get that? <laughs> it's happening to nobody. The, the, the sense, there might be a sense, no, it's happening to me. Let's look at that. Maybe you have this response. What is he talking about? It's happening to me. So when you say it's happening to me, this moment is happening to me, what are you referring to with this me? When you say me, when you say this is happening to me, I am listening. So you could, you could say now, I am listening. So when you say I, what are you referring to? What I mean is like when I say table, I refer to this. Yeah? I know what I'm referring to. There is a reference object when I say table. If you go deeper into this philosophy, that's that gets also shaky. But let's say <laughs> let's say so let's stay on the Theravada level of this, the Hinayana level of this. So that's a table. Okay. That's the reference object. There is a label table, table, and there's a reference object. So what's the reference object when you say I? I am listening. What, do, what are you pointing to, to uh, with that label? So now there might be a sense, you know, like there is this kind of subtle contraction in your body mind which which is uh which which came about through keeping talking about me referring to you to me all the time yeah so there is this kind of pre-verbal contraction so when you say I, particular when I would uh, confront you, maybe you feel confronted by what I'm saying now. That would be good, because then uh, you would kind of feel what I'm pointing to, like this I, you know. So what is he talking about? I, I'm here. I don't understand this. So that I, that sense of I, that's a sensation in your body, in your subtle body. It's a sensation in your body. That's not the I, that's not the self. It's part of the process. It's rain falling. So the sense of I in your body, 
or your memories. They are not more important than any other aspect of your experience which is happening. It's all part of the rain, the rain falling, the process just happening. There's a process. And you get in trouble if you believe it's happening to you. Because then when something is happening in this process which you don't like, you become quite nasty, greedy, stupid. So I see the value of you know, working with your wounds, working with your anger, working with emotions. I see the value of that. But at one point you need to cut the knot, the knot at the root. You, you, you know, you can work with your trauma and wounds until beginning this time. There will be always more stuff to figure out with your parents. Yeah. <laughs> there will be always the sense, I can get better at this yoga posture. So at one point you need to turn around and look and pause and see. Anger is arising, but there is nobody there. There is anger arising, but there's nobody there having the anger. So if you, uh, it could be that you've got, you know, some teachings in Buddhism and some, I, I don't know exact, don't know really why, but sometimes there is a sense that this is like difficult or that you need a long time for this. First, you need to learn Tibetan and do 100,000 of this and 100,000 of that. And uh, you, you need to get, yeah, it's not like this. I think this is just about power structures. It's about like, you know, traditions keeping like a secret so that we stay and be interested. This is simple. One, we are going to do it now. So I'm just saying one thing. One obstacle might be that you expect something special must happen when you realize this. Maybe you have a kind of fantasy of what liberation is. Like the fantasy of suddenly be guru superstar. <laughs> <laughs> and writing your power of now. <laughs> you know, getting, getting into the enlightenment charts on, on this planet. It's nothing, it's ordinary. It's nothing changes. It's, it's not like, you no, know, liberation is not a Hollywood movie with like music in the background and angels coming, uh, now you got it. 
No. It's not like this. It's ordinary. Nothing special happens. You 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 fall for you will have you will go home, you will have dinner, you will go to toilet, and and the next morning you will pay you will go for work, and you will have to pay your bills and and you will have to take care of your children. All this is, will continue to happen. The, the rain will continue to fall. So this is, this is an obstacle. This could be like two main obstacles, that you believe that this is difficult, that you need first a few more years of I don't know what, depending on the tradition, in, in, the, in the Tibetan tradition, it's like you need a few years more of accumulating merit and purifying. So that could be an obstacle that, you know, well, it's, 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 it's like reserved for Tibetans or people with strange names or uh, something like that. Or it's, it's reserved for people who are smart. who are somewhat more holy than you, like more kind or more compassionate, it has nothing to do with that. It's simple. And it's just like done. That's it. And the second uh, possible, probably I could come up with more, but just for now, the, the second possible obstacle is that you believe there needs to be, it needs to be a special experience. There needs to be like bliss arising or you can realize this in your deepest depression. And actually, probably you're quite close to it anyway, in a deepest depression. <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with being happy. Happiness is an experience, the kind of happiness we are talking about is an experience which comes and goes, and it will come and go. So after realizing this, you will ha still have bad hair days. <laughs> So probably you have already realized it. You just need uh, you just need a kind of confirmation. You know, I think most of you have already realized it. I mean, it's so obvious. If you are a scientist, then just go into neuroscience. Look at your brain, at the process in your brain. There it is. <coughs> It's like you can, you know, just Google tonight uh, and re read a scientific article if you if you have that kind of mind. There it is. There is nobody in control. There is no control center. There's a process, and that's it. And the sense of me and 
your memories and your worries and your reactive patterns are just part of the process. You don't need to think about this. You have thought about this before and you have li listened to this kind of talking before. What you need to do is to look. And it's like, uh, this is like directly like looking with your eyes at something. It's not like uh, having a philosophical discussion. It's just, look. Now it's there, now it's gone. So, look. There is no, no need to make a lot of words about this. So, of course, you you might have all kinds of buts now c coming, yeah. Like, but yeah, but yeah, but, but what? Yeah, but who is <laughs> who is doing that? This is words. It's like the rain falling. Thinking thinking happens, and it will continue to happen. So what happens, also, uh, you won't, it, there could be a moment of, there could be relief with this. So there could be a relief with this. But what happens is, once you have seen this, you will notice in your life that slowly your reactive patterns start to wind down. They, they first, of course, they continue to happen because they are so strong. They, they are just habits, so they continue to to happen. But they start to wind down. So you know, you start to notice you become more spacious. And what happens if you become more spacious? You become more kind. You become more intelligent. Or you become, it's maybe not the right word to say, your kindness starts to shine. Your creativity starts to shine. Your goodness starts to shine. Your, your wish to do something meaningful with your life starts to emerge. Why? Because that's in the nature of the universe. So life, the goodness of life starts to just emerge. Once you have taken away that lid, of self-centeredness.
healing starts to happen. The natural healing capacity of your mind, body, breath. No other practices necessary. No, no other practice to become more compassionate or more creative or more intelligent is necessary. It's all there. It's just waiting. It's like sitting there. Your creativity, your intelligence and your kindness. It's just sitting there. And then when there is a, like an opening, it comes out. Yeah. So let's get enlightened. <laughs> liberated. Liberated. Enlightenment is a big uh, <coughs> So as always, uh, I also talked about last time. Uh, of course, it makes sense, I think. Can you open the window a bit? Yeah. So, if it's too cold, then you just uh, close it. So, as always, uh, what we start with is uh, calming down, you know, resting, slowing down. And uh, the way we slow down here is to allow this moment to be what it is. So it's not the control method here. The invitation is to use the letting be method giving space methods. So what we explore here is the possibility to slow down through friend, friendliness, through kindness, uh, through love, yeah? so through love, the slowing down, the calming down through love. So I invite you to allow your awareness to drop into the body, kind of shifting from being in the head and in the concepts, shifting. We're dropping towards the root. And of course, thoughts uh, continue to appear, but you emphasize them less. The most important aspect here is the friendliness. So you 
allow your awareness to be a loving gaze where everything is welcomed. Nothing is excluded. So we're not trying here to feel better, but to embrace, to embrace and to be present to what is. And you can feel how the group supports you because we are doing the same, meeting the human condition with kindness. And then when you notice you emphasize a storyline, the mental chatter, uh, that's fine, it's not a problem. But as soon as you notice, you realize, wow, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. This is fantasy, I'm, and I'm here. So your awareness, naturally, without any effort, drops back into the body, towards the root. So here, exploring the possibility to slow down, to ground yourself through doing nothing. So no meditation. So it's more a sense that you're being meditated or that meditation happened by itself, happens by itself. And we can start to appreciate the stillness, the gentle presence which arises when we sit quietly together in this spirit of friendliness. It's like ta taking a bath. With your whole body.
your all your senses are open. And you return and rest. So staying somewhat grounded. The breath can support you. And that gravitation towards the root. Thoughts are happening and sensation are happening. This voice is happening. It's rain falling. And it's, uh, the, there's nothing concrete, nothing solid there. It's changing. It's flow, the flow of life. Breath is happening, your heart is beating. Digestion is happening. This voice, other sounds. Sensation, pleasant and unpleasant are happening. Rain falling, wind blowing. clouds drifting. And there's a knowing of all this. There's awareness of all this. And completely effortless. So awareness is happening. And then when you get carried away by a discussion, Allow yourself to drop back by realizing that you're here in reality.
if it's easy for you to stay connected with one aspect of your experience, then you can do that with a breath or with a sensation in your body. And noticing how it is a process happening, rain falling, wind blowing, clouds drifting. river flowing. There's a process happening, rain is falling. There's no center. There's nobody making it happen. If there's a sense of a center, a sense of the me, the I, the observer, that's also just rain falling. So whatever you experience right now, the voice, the sensations, the sounds, the thoughts, that are all, that's all, that is all appearances in your mind, appearances in consciousness, including the sense of me, it's an appearance in consciousness, coming and going. So maybe there's a sense of struggle right now, or a sense of wanting to understand this. I want to understand this. So that's just an appearance in your mind, coming and going. It's rain falling. And it's not happening to somebody. Or that somebody is just another appearance in your mind. The name, the label. It's the same as this voice. It's just happening. So this moment is what it is, it can't be different, and it's happening to nobody.
So when you don't find yourself as the center, maybe there's a kind of shift or a kind of gap. Just rest there. And then whenever there is a sense of me, there's a sense of I, you feel a contraction, you feel like you want to be right, or you need to say something about this, just recognize that as an appearance in your mind. An appearance in awareness, an appearance in your consciousness. Dropping back, returning and resting, but nobody doing it. could be that there's a story appearing which uh, makes you contract a bit. That's wonderful, that's really great, because then you can just look at that and recognize it as a story, as an appearance in your mind, like rain falling. So now towards the end, I invite you to put on the burden or imagine how it would be to put down the burden of self-centeredness.
So if you put down this burden, then nothing changes. Everything stays the same, same sensations, pleasant or unpleasant. Same thoughts, pleasant or unpleasant. Same feelings, pleasant or unpleasant. But something is different. So tonight you can post on Facebook, I did it, I'm enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a great advertising for this place. I'm I'm really happy. Uh, well, I'm uh, yeah. I'm I feel a relief uh, knowing that uh, that you all uh, live in relationship and you have jobs and um, yeah, so because that gives us so much opportunity to. Um, for our buttons to be pushed. So much opportunity to awaken right there on the spot. So that's really beautiful. So there is not so much danger that we fall into like a, another puffed, off, puffed up self, like the awakened self. Yeah. So you you go home and then, uh, you know, so you you have again an opportunity to awaken. So whatever your struggle is right now, you know, anxiety, depression, pain, 
and not having a job, uh, you know, being in a relationship, not being in a relationship, having children, having no children, getting married, getting divorced. Um, so here the, the approach is to to find the relief of realizing it's happening to nobody. So it's like turning from being so occupied with solving the depression, fixing it, fixing the anxiety, is to, to realize there's nobody here. I'm not saying that you stop your therapy or your medication or whatever you do, <clears throat> because that's of course part of the relative process. But whatever you do on on that uh, on that um, on that level, never forget you create more space with these relative practices so that this realization can be more uh, can become more profounder the realization of that there is nobody here so you do therapy you do your yoga you do your meditation practice your shamatha practice whatever but you never forget it's about realizing there is nobody doing the yoga <coughs> This is not a philosophical discussion here, or, you know, something, what has this to do with my life? No, it's, that's, you know, this is it. And it's the only way. That's what all spiritual traditions say, no matter where you go, no matter yeah, no matter what tradition. So, if you take yourself serious, <clears throat> and you should, because you are precious, You're, you are a precious, you are very precious, very, 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 very precious. So, take yourself serious in that preciousness, And, uh, and look at this in your own ways. <coughs> you 
know, many of the things you learn in the spiritual traditions where you practice are completely useless. I hope I pushed the buttons. <laughs> if you have invested already a lot of time with your meditation and practicing, you might have difficulties with that. Because what I'm saying here, it's it does not matter how many years you meditated or how many years you, you did yoga or if you are a teacher yourself, it does not matter. So a person coming here for the first time with no, with no experience at all, have, has never meditated, can see, this, can see this as easily as any 20 years meditation Zen practitioner. And it might be even more difficult for that one, for that expert, because he might think, yeah, yeah, but I meditated for 20 years and there's someone, you know, just hearing this and getting it? No, that's not, that can't be. That means I wasted my time. I had to swallow that bitter pill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any regrets uh, because I needed to do all these things to realize I didn't need to do them. <laughs> so I can be completely confident, I can be now completely co confident that 99 of the stuff I did didn't bring me closer to this. But somehow I, didn't, I don't feel I wasted my time. Because I, I see this is, it's, it's, it was necessary. And of course, with some of the kind of useful practices, you know, you feel a bit better and you feel a bit like I'm getting somewhere. And so I had also a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need to have any kind of meditation experience. You don't need to be a spiritual person. Are there any uh, <laughs> questions or doubts or comments? Yes. Uh, so if there's no self, I wonder what is uh, what's left. And my own answer is maybe something to do with values. But then if there's no self, I'm more free to, to explore values, to act according to that. But I'm not sure. Is there a self or is there not a self? Are you asking me? Yeah. I, um, I don't know. You need to look. That's, you need to make a decision. You need to look and say, yes, there is a self, or no, there is not a self. So the question, if is there is a self or not, that's, yeah, then I say no, there is no self. 
what the Buddha says uh, to that, so you, you, people ask him that question, is there a self or not a self? The Buddha remained silent. And Ananda then after asked him, why didn't you answer that question? And then the Buddha said, if I tell this person there's no self, then this person thinks there's no self. And if I say this per to this person, uh, there is a self, then this person believes there is a self. Both are construction. So the Buddha got away then in the Heart Sutra, uh, saying there's neither self nor is there not a self. Some of his monks fainted <laughs> when they heard that. Because they were like, there is no self. So, and in a bit, kind of, yeah, here in, in your question, a kind of fear, or what, what is it if I let go of the, into this groundlessness? In the, into this groundlessness of not having a position. Yes. I'm just wondering if, so when, when Western psychology works with uh, different concepts of self-esteem and yeah. uh, therapy that uh, heightens your sense of self-esteem, yeah. I would imagine that most of them would um, also have an, an idea of uh, it being a construct or yes. a, 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 a sense of self. Yeah. So when you say there is no self, yeah. how is that different from from their perception? Of it's not different. Okay. It's not different. The thing is, if a therapist says, "Oh, the sense of self is a construct," he does not. He or she does not live it. He or she does not feel it. It's like a quantum physicist who says, "You know, like." Western understanding of that this does not really exist, but it's not, it's not lived, it's not experienced. So the, the the therapist saying, yeah, the sense of self is just a construct, still has a sense of I'm the therapist, and I'm doing this and this. <coughs> I believe this is not a construct. I believe this is a construct. So that's not, yeah, it's not like. It does not lead to a, a looking, to a tasting, to an experience, but it's the same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I find it a little bit confusing this idea of there still uh, being processes, and you also mentioned in particular one that there's a, a desire to do something meaningful with your life. Um, and for me, I find it like quite difficult. Uh, I find I get in this sticky place of like reading a lot about the lack of sense of self and feeling like I understand it on an academic level, but finding it very difficult to have any realization of that. And in this kind of in between place, it can be very easy to uh, be quite nihilistic, I think, and think, or 
if you have an urge to do something creative, there's not really anything happening here. It's a kind of groundless. So I, maybe could you, could you talk a little bit more about that? Or I'm not, don't really have a particular question, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, but how can there be, um, what's the connection between maybe you want to take some action, but it doesn't necessarily come from a sense of me, but there's still mm -hmm. a desire to, I don't know, take, uh, be creative, say, yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah, so there is the impulse coming uh, to be creative. And there's nobody having that impulse. That's it. There's just the floating, there's lots of impulses floating around in like clouds, it's moving. Yeah, yes, yeah, and there's nobody owning it, and that's, yeah. Um, and uh, I, so theoretically, this is backed up uh, on the teachings on, on the Buddha nature, yeah? So that there is that goodness which wants to emerge in the universe. Mm. So, but I think you can also back up, back this up through your experience. Like if you really let go, and that is actually acknowledged, right? That creativity happens in the moments where you let go. Mm. That's what companies nowadays try to, uh, you know, make part of the work of the creative process to create playful islands in the working environment where the sense of self gets a bit less so that creativity can happen. So that could be an, like a confirmation for you, which can, uh, which can, um, which can support you in the trust that if you realize selflessness, there is not nothing. It's just this many moments where we relax and so it could be, it could happen if you let go of pressure that there is a time of being lying on the couch because you're so exhausted. And that time could be months, maybe in some cases even years. But uh, uh, and that is something I just I, somehow I know I know it. Why? Well, I don't know. I feel it that through you goodness wants to emerge. And I, I feel like everyone here, as soon as you make some space in your life, you're not going to spend your time to watch shit on the television. That's not what you are here for. That's not what you want to do with your life. It's, it's just like not your nature. And, and what I'm saying here is, I, I, for my own experience, also what I see in people, um, So, but uh, it's something you need to test yourself. You need to be brave enough to, uh, you know, to uh, to uh, to trust that and and to see that and to experience that 
there is other reasons to get out of bed in the morning than I should. But to find these other reasons, to give space to them, yeah, that uh, takes some time. And there is healing, you know, so the healing and, uh, yeah, is important. Is that... Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's in, that, that, uh, make things clearer for me, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like um, this can, can be difficult to tell like whether a desire comes because it's kind of the ego saying, well, you deserve this or you should have this. Yeah. Or if it kind of just is coming, yeah. feeling open. Uh -huh. I think that's what I mean, it's difficult. Yeah, to yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, there is this, uh, there is this kind of fear might arise, particularly like in, in spiritual circles that what you, your desire or your impulses that they come from the ego. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> this is quite a trip. <laughs> yeah. So... Do you do, do you feel that it's possible to yeah I mean the, the important yeah the important <laughs> no no it's it's a good uh, I mean this is how I you know figure things out uh, people ask me a question and put me on the spot and I'm <laughs> and I'm stupid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a sensation <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's so fantastic uh, yeah so still for me the, tonight the question what i'm tonight kind of focus on is the question um, so who has this desire to look and to see there is uh, there is no there is no one making that decision. So, and then to cultivate the intuition. So in the in the teachings on Buddha nature, they, they describe this five wisdoms. It's like the kind of five wisdoms, uh, the five wisdoms. And one of them is the wisdom of knowing what's the most beneficial to do in any moment. So theoretically from, from this uh, teaching, something in you, in you know what's the beneficial is uh, now of course the question is how to figure that out or how to feel to feel that but i guess we all have the capacity into intuition from to, to feel the difference of uh, this comes from a self-centered place, from a protective place, from a reactive place. And this comes from love. So, but there will be like a, like an area where it's not clear, but I, I guess there is already quite a, a big awareness about when it comes from your reactivity. Like when you write an email from your reactivity, or if you write an email from your love, it, it, there is an awareness of that. 
and that can be probably fine-tuned. Yeah, any other? Yes. Um, <coughs> uh, I'm, I'm really trying to understand it, but... Mm -hmm. uh, you can't understand this. This is not. It makes me really sad that you yeah. say that I'm no one, because uh -huh. uh, as I hear it, like it's like you say that there are no self. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you should have no goals because there are no self. You just have to. Uh -huh. And and, uh, but then maybe sometimes, can you be someone? Is it is yeah. it okay? And and, uh -huh. and and why do you think that you are? No one, or not no one, but yeah. that you have no self, or that. Why is it? Why why are you telling us this? Is this because it should help us in life, or mm -hmm. why is it good? Because um, I find it really hard to understand. Yeah. I think that my feelings define me and, and maybe I, I so there is feelings but that's not I right I mean the feelings come and go and there's many feelings so when you say I have feelings I'm not denying the feelings I have feelings yes so who has the feelings that's the question are you saying that I'm not saying anything I'm asking you uh, to look I'm not saying no I'm not telling you there is no self or there is a self I'm asking you to look so when you say I I have feelings or I want to be someone when you say that I what, what do you mean what what are you what are you pointing to Uh, look, I mean, you say I, I want to have, I, I have feelings, I want to be someone, so, and then you just look, what, what, I, what do I mean when I say I? So you have thoughts, I have thoughts. So who is, when you say I, that I, thinking is happening, right? I mean, it's, that's obvious, so you think right now. That's the only reason why I am I, because I think, that is what I think, so my, my, my thoughts uh, define me. Yeah, isn't it like that? You need to look yourself, yeah? Yeah. So, so it seems you have quite, you know, so you are, you are a serious person, so you're looking, and it seems you have difficulties to find it, what you mean with I. Yeah. So, does that take away 
your value, your interests, your beauty. You are still beautiful. You still have thoughts. You still have hopes. You still have goals. But you say that there is no you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Strange, huh? <laughs> yeah, but but to so realizing that was to th saying that I'm not devaluing your experience. I'm not taking away anything. I'm just pointing to something which never existed. So, how does it make you feel right now? Confused. Confused. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the confusion about? Um, I, I think it, it's. Uh, I'm confused. Uh, if I'm here or if I'm just here because I think that I'm here or mm -hmm. it, uh, who yeah. I am because uh, maybe I'm just a lot of feelings uh, and then what defines me is how good I am to controlling my feelings uh, and that is why I have to think that I that I'm not <laughs> yeah, because then I can, can control it, uh, and then I... Yeah. Uh, um, so who is it who wants to control your feelings? And when you say me, what are you referring to? Mm -hmm. When you say, I, I need to control my feelings, that I, what are you referring to with that? Who said I, who could control your feelings? What I can feel right here, and I can feel my legs. And yeah, yes. My legs hurt, and yeah. I have. <coughs> yeah. So the body. Yeah. So uh, who has the body? Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is me, and there's a body. Can, can I take the body away and leave you behind? Uh, yes. Uh -huh. 
Ya. <laughs> yeah. It's good. You're you're good at this. So just uh, keep looking. And um, I think you're here the first time. Yeah. Uh, so what I usually do uh, is that I share the possibility to uh, make friend with your experience, with who you are, with your feelings, uh, to, to cultivate a friendliness, a kindness with yourself. So, and that's, uh, I would recommend you to come uh, uh, again, uh, because that is, um, that's really a, an important part of this, this process, yeah? To, uh, to get to know your feelings and to find a place of friendliness and peace with who you are. Does that make sense, what I say? How, how does that resonate with you? Like yeah. What what happens when I what happens when I say you know, to cultivate a, a kindness, a self acceptance? Uh, um, uh, I think uh, it's kind of a relief. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. have to accept. My feelings and yeah. my body that hurts and yeah. thoughts and yes. my mm -hmm. everything. You feel a relief uh, when when you hear that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's that's a good place to stay. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. So I I don't. Uh, it, Realizing that there is no self does not take away uh, any values, any uh, also not goals, or yeah, it does it does not uh, it does not take away anything, and nothing is being destroyed. It, something is being realized which never existed. And the problem with uh, believing in that which never existed is that it creates an unnecessary pressure, an unnecessary reactivity in our life. Yes. Where does uh, individuality fix into this teaching? There is individuality, but there's nobody having individuality. So there's personalities here, and they are beautifully unique. I mean, it's so amazing that somehow on this planet with all these people that everyone is completely unique and never has been existed like this before and never will be. So there will be never anyone like you. 
there was never anyone like you. You're completely, you're completely unique. You're completely precious. Your experience is completely unique. Nobody else can have this experience like you have it. So you're completely unique, but there's no person, no, no separate person there having a personality. There is a process, and that process is unique. That process, what we are talking about here, is an open system. So one of the problems, one of the reasons why we contract and feel separate is we believe it's like kind of closed. Yeah? It's like inside of here. It's part of the uh, it's part of the the separateness. It's part of the, the belief in the self. But when we uh, look into the when we experience selflessness, what we experience is that we are part of an open system. And uh, an open system which is connected with everything. A bit like uh, so. Each of us are unique waves, you know, manifesting, dissolving. So in that we are unique, but on in the same moment we are also being together in one system, depending on each other, arising, depend, mutually dependent on everything. So uh, the experience of selflessness also leads to uh, it, it's like so you so you realize wow there is no center wow I, there's no there's no center and it's like and then you it's like I don't exist but I'm everything. Yes. Um, uh, when you have been talking, uh, I have always like when you say, uh, "Who am I?" Ask yourself, mm. and one word has always come up, uh, and that is consciousness. Yeah. Mm. So you, you could say that I am consciousness, or who is the I, which is consciousness? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is some something there, yeah. Uh, but the the trap here is it becomes like a super inflation. Like the the ego grabs grabs this. I am consciousness. Yeah. I am one. So it's like the yeah, but there is a truth in it. So. Uh, so when I ask this question, there is, is there a sense of I am? A sense of, no, you say, uh, you say the word, I am consciousness, but what, what's the experience? When I like, also what I thought of was that there's something 
although everything is impermanent and my body is kind of yeah. always undergoing yeah. change and I'm not the same as I was, mm -hmm. there's this feeling of that there is a permanent thing from childhood yes. from when I was born. Yes. And that this permanent thing, could that be the consciousness? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not permanent. No, but it feels like permanent. Yeah, it feels, yeah. And it's there <laughs> all the time, right? Yeah. Yes. It's there all the time, but it's not personal. <clears throat> it's the same in you and the same in me. Mm. So to say, this is who I am, it's just, you know, this is not how it is. It has no personal characteristics. It's not, it has no age, it's timeless, it has no name, it has not really uh, qualities in the sense that it has a color or uh, a temperature or something, but there is something deep, profound, unfindable, which is there all the time. It's unborn. It's, so it never came into existence. It's unborn. So it's beyond beyond being born and beyond death. But it's not personal. So in that way, uh, if you if we meet there and you say, "I am consciousness," yeah. I can, I can, I can look, I can, <laughs> I can uh, drop into the same space. And we, I know then that we are pointing to the same thing. Yeah, we cannot name what we are pointing to. No. That's the point. Right? Yes. Yeah. Naming it would be always part of the part of the concepts yeah. so this is also and that what we are right now talking about which you can't name is empty of no we can stop here. Not, not more words. Okay. Not more words. <laughs> Just, uh, I, uh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. it's right. Yeah. Yes. <coughs> yes. Uh, you say there's absolutely nothing to achieve. Then why meditate? If it's completely meditate. useless to meditate. It could be and um, and it's also when you check like in the in the different traditions that through meditation and through what we're doing now uh, this what she describes somehow can happen more easily so that would be the the only reason that coming here happens you know that like that this the, the the impulse to come here 
because the recognition of this can happen more easily. But most people who meditate don't get closer to this at all because it's just another trap. It's just another effort. So as long as you are a meditator on the path trying to get somewhere, you're not getting closer to it. But nevertheless, out of, out of some mysterious reasons, it, uh, somehow it's more pro probable or more likely to realize it's not necessary to meditate while you meditate. <laughs> <laughs> and what is important is that when you meditate or when you do yoga or whatever you do, that you bring more and more effortlessness into it. I, I shouldn't I should not try to get something out of it yeah <laughs> yes but that's also of course then you can try not to get something out of it so, so you get some so that you get something out of it then it becomes just uh, another 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 trap yeah I would uh, of course I would uh, no, I would really recommend to meditate, yeah, uh, and to do therapy, uh, and to do like different, you know, spiritual practices. I mean, we have to do something with our time, <laughs> <laughs> and and at least, uh, at least you know, we, we don't uh, we don't uh, consume so much. <laughs> and uh, and that's important because otherwise we will completely fuck up this planet and then yeah. then we, yeah and then what then there's we can't awaken so uh, it could be that you know this spiritual practice of meditation is actually about you know living a kind of life which become less and less harmful And that definitely happens. Yes, the last, and then we have to stop. Yeah, um, I feel that when I sing, um, I tap into that right. conscious, shared consciousness. Yeah. When you really feel like the, the music is taking you somewhere and you're not really controlling right. anything. Yes. So what are your thoughts on music as a way to... Great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm... Uh, we we also recite uh, sing mantras uh, together here in the center, uh, and also just syllables like ah or om. Yeah, so it's definitely definitely uh, like a non-philosophical direct way of experiencing what we are sharing here, the singing. Yeah, yeah. Are you in a choir or? No, I, I sing. Um... I've been singing on the street in New Orleans uh -huh. for the past three years. Oh, okay. And I find it really incredible because it's, it's the closest thing I've ever... I've, I've performed at festivals as well, yeah. big stages. 
but I find the closest thing to connecting with people is what I've experienced while street performing. So yeah. It's so deep yes. and so moving. Yeah, yeah. Do you play an instrument or? I do, but I yeah. when I I found that it was disturbing my my ability to really go into the music because I wasn't playing it well enough. Yeah. So I started singing a cappella. Ah, okay. And, yeah. That's your your path. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Okay, so that's it. Yeah. So see you maybe again. <laughs> but, uh, you got it. So you, you don't need to come to because you think there's something more to understand. Okay. So. It's good to come to celebrate being here, uh, but uh, you know, to come to to get something uh, that's <laughs> so it's beautiful if you come here and share your presence uh, with with us. And that's what came up in the break when I was thinking, why should people come? <laughs> so, so why should people come? <laughs> so the best answer I came up with, it's like celebrate, celebrating this, just sharing this. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you.